time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom. This is a show where we plop down on the living room floor with a big bowl of cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And today, we watched Avatar The Last Airbender. And not the crappy movie. Ugh. Let's not even talk about that <laughs> little stain on our history. No thanks. Ugh. Gross. All right, so we are going to change one thing about the show real quick, and we'll let you know now because it'll come into play at the end, but we're going to change up our rating system a little bit. We've been doing three out of three, but we feel like that's not enough range to rate some of these shows because some of them, they don't deserve to be so close together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In retrospect, like Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, it needs to be much farther away than a show like Our Real Monsters or you know something else like that. So we're going to do five bowls of cereal in our rating now instead of the three it just makes more sense so this show aired from 2005 to 2008 created by michael DiMartino and brian cognetso it ran for three seasons 61 episodes on nickelodeon and for a short synopsis in a war-torn world of elemental magic a young boy reawakens to undertake a dangerous mystic quest to fulfill his destiny as the avatar accurate pretty accurate yeah there's way more to it and we'll get into that but yeah pretty accurate so, Chris, who are some notable actors from this show? Well, uh, our main character, Aang, is voiced by Zach Tyler. One of the other main characters, Katara, voiced by Mae Whitman, which people might remember from the TV show Arrested Development, or you might have seen in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World as Roxy. Asaka is voiced by Jack DeSena. I'm guessing that's how you say it, DeSena. Prince Zuko, voiced by Dante Bosco. Rufio from Hook, if anyone remembers Hook, because Rufio's a bad uh, character. How could you forget Rufio? Come on. Rufio! He also <laughs> is in the sequel to this show, The Legend of Korra. He returns as a different character as a descendant of the character he's voicing now. So that's pretty cool that they brought him back. His uncle, uncle, I think it was Iroh, Iroh? Iroh. I'm going to go with Iroh. <laughs> Voiced by Mako Iwamatsu. Those are pretty much the main, main characters that we're going to see throughout the entire show. So let's milk bend a few fun little marshmallows into our bowl of Avatar cereal. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the creator, Michael DiMartino, left Family Guy in 1999 to actually work on Avatar. So wise decision on his part. The four Chinese characters above the title translated to the divine medium who had descended upon the mortal world. Pretty accurate. Yeah, that's actually really cool. Yeah. And then almost all the animals in the show are a combination of two animals. Like Appa is a half bison, half manatee. Momo is a half bat, half lemur. And then those little penguins are like half penguins, half cats or something. I don't know what they are. You know, they remind me of Pokemon in a way in that they're kind of like variations on animals from our world. Yeah. And there is one. It's not a character in the show, but it shows up in one particular episode that I love. And it's a cross between, I think, a lion and a moose. And I absolutely loved it. And I'll get into that as we hit that episode. Oh, that one was like a saber-toothed tiger and oh, a yeah, moose. Oh, yeah, it was a saber-toothed tiger and a moose. That's yeah, right. I remember seeing that one. <laughs> so, Chris, what memories do you have of this show? Well, I watched this show for the first time, I think, about three or four years ago. 
And it was because I was working with a kid that was super into it, and I really hadn't given it much time. He was really into this and Naruto. And he's like, if you're going to watch one, just give Avatar a try. See if you like it. So I'm like, okay, I I can try it out. I watched the first episode and wasn't paying that much attention to it and was kind of like, eh, didn't pay that much attention, didn't watch anything after that. And a few months later, I'm like, I'm going to give it another shot. And I was hooked. And I blew through all three seasons probably within a few weeks because it was on Netflix for a short time. And, oh, my God, absolutely loved it. Loved this show. Like, everything about it. Such a a rich world, all the martial arts, and the element-based cultures. I love things based around elements, which is kind of a probably a weird thing. But, like, visual... No, I know what you mean exactly. Right. Visual styles and just the way they reimagined these cultures based around these four elements. It's really, really cool to me. So that was, it just appeals to me in every way. So I was really happy that this got suggested to us by at writer Sean on Twitter. So thank you so much for recommending this. And anyone else, if you have a cartoon, definitely hit us up on Twitter and let us know. Because this is exactly what I was hoping for. And I was really excited we got to watch this. And I know that you hadn't seen this before. What things did you know about this show before coming into it and watching it? Any preconceived notions or anything? First, I'll touch on what you were just talking about. Thanking Sean for recommending this to us. So anybody who wants to push these cartoons on us, please do because we love watching them. And my memories of this show are really only based on seeing the merchandise all around me at that time. Even still, to this day, I'll see various merchandise, but it meant nothing to me because I had not watched the show. I didn't have a kid push it on me like you did, so I had no one to really tell me, like, you have to watch this. It was hearsay, and I had heard it was good, but it wasn't enough to entice me to actually watch it. This kind of forced me to watch it. Actually, I'm very, very glad that we did. I'm, I'm not sure why I didn't watch it during its initial run because it's something that's kind of right up my alley as far as what I do enjoy about cartoons. But man, am I glad I finally did. Yay. For anyone not familiar with the format, we watched the first episode, the highest rated episode, and then finally a random or listener chosen episode. In this case, the one chosen by at writer Sean on Twitter. We'll start with our very first episode, which was Boy in the Iceberg, Season 1, Episode 1. Short description, two teenage siblings, Sokka and Katara, living in the South Pole, discover a very strange boy, Aang, along with his flying pet bison, Appa, in an iceberg. But can they trust him when he accidentally draws the war to their village's doorstep? One thing just to note real quick is I liked the way, and what was really funny is we actually watched an episode... Just out of coincidence, from each season, we watched one from season one, season two, and season three. And what I noticed was the titles, the season titles are like book one, water, and then they're just titled by the element and they're called books instead of seasons or chapters or anything like that. Right. So I thought that was I thought that was awesome. That's yeah. so cool. Like it gives it I don't know how to describe it. Like it gives it more authenticity kind of like it yeah. makes it feel more in line with that world, calling it a book rather than a DVD or a season or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. It makes it feel right, like more like part of this avatar universe that we're right. introduced to. Absolutely. So the intro talked about what this episode is really kind of revolving around. There's harmony in this world between the elements between water, fire, earth, and air until the Fire Nation disrupts this harmony and kind of throws them into war. Right. So just everything's kind of in discord. All the other tribes are are nervous about what the Fire Nation's going to do. So we start out seeing this smaller village of people from like the water tribe. It's not like a big group. 
this tribe's like in the south. The larger tribe is supposed to be more in the north. So they're pretty separated from the rest of their kind of people. But they're in a small like fishing village and we start out seeing Katara and her brother Sokka. Basically, they're they're fishing. They're trying to get fish for their village. And Katara is very like kind of adventurous. You know, she's kind of not satisfied with where she is because she is a waterbender so basically that means that she has some control over water she can manipulate water to do what she wants but she's not an expert but she's the only waterbender in her tribe so she feels like she could do more but there's no one to really guide her so she's kind of restless yeah she doesn't have a master she doesn't have a trainer to really help her fulfill her destiny right and then we got her brother Sokka who's kind of a know-it-all Kind of a dimwit, but everything he does, he's trying to provide for the tribe. He's trying to protect his sister, but he's kind of a buffoon, and he does not have any waterbending ability. Yeah, he's just kind of a the tribe's warrior, I guess. He, he by default, I think by default. Yeah, exactly. He's like the <laughs> oldest, one of the oldest males in this community, but he really serves as kind of the comic relief of this show in part. Absolutely, yeah. Especially when some of the episodes get kind of heavy, even though I only watched three, I could already tell like he's always levity in these heavy situations. Yeah, that's one of the things that I do like about this show is there is a lot of comedy and stuff, but there's also like it gets intense. There's some really intense, emotional, heavy subjects. So he's a great character to keep around in the main fold because, yeah, you need that character to bring that goofiness back. Otherwise, it's just going to get too dark for kids, which this show is aimed at. But I mean, it appeals to everybody, honestly. Yeah. Like the intro was talking about Sokka and Katara find this iceberg while they're fishing, while they're really kind of arguing. They find this iceberg and then open it because they see a young boy in there and they see that he's still alive. So they free him from it. And it ends up being Aang, who has this large blue arrow tattoo going from basically head to toe. They seem kind of shocked because we're not really clued in on all of this yet but i mean it comes up that they've never seen an airbender because the airbenders really don't even exist anymore they were wiped out by the fire nation so everyone's just like there's an airbender like this is really weird and that kind of sends some red flags to people as ang meets them they're kind of like okay that's kind of weird this shouldn't happen this flash goes in the air and then it also alerts who at the time is an antagonist prince zuko who is prince of the fire nation we come to find out in actually in this episode that ang has been displaced in time and trying to save himself and appa his bison manatee flying thing he freezes, he freezes them in, in an iceberg and he stays frozen in cryogenesis for a hundred years. And we find that out all in this episode, actually. Yeah, so there's a lot of like, we're basically getting introduced to what's happened over the past hundred years about the Fire Nation betraying everybody. We're finding out that the airbenders are really not even around anymore and that the Avatar, who is this embodiment of all four basic elements of magic that they have in this universe, disappeared a hundred years ago around the time that Aang trapped himself in an iceberg. So the Avatar is basically supposed to be a defender of the world and that he can master all four elements so that he can be the check and balance for each tribe. So if the Fire Nation steps up like they did and they're starting to take things too far it's supposed to be Aang's job to kind of take them down a notch and settle things but we find out that instead he ran 
and he hid and basically froze himself for a hundred years. Unknowingly, though, he even said himself that he thought he'd only been asleep or in that iceberg for maybe a couple days or hours or something even. Right. So he had no idea. That kind of wraps this episode up. It's really an introductory episode to the characters and really what's going on in this world. We hear that the Avatar is needed. There's supposed to be an Avatar every century, and this Avatar has been lost. So the quest is, from this point, point just to subdue the fire nation and locate this avatar i do want to mention too is that we briefly mentioned prince zuko who is the prince of the fire nation and his quest is basically he's brought shame and dishonor to his father and his face is scarred from a really bad burn and he his uncle is basically kind of there with him sort of guiding him trying to i don't know like zuko is very hell-bent on finding the Avatar, almost to the point of obsession. He's just taking things too far. He's kind of losing his mind a little bit. He's too aggressive. And Iroh is really trying to curve that in a subtle way as possible, but trying to also teach him how to control fire at the same time and give him more patience and give him more wisdom i guess he's trying to impart wisdom on zuko before he makes too many mistakes yeah so i like this episode a lot actually it was a great introductory episode i think it really told you all it needed to tell you and definitely caught my interest from the start it was very good and he got to sled on some penguins which was fun oh true yeah he got to do penguin sledding ang sled on some penguins We're going to do things a little different this episode because we usually do the highest rated episode next and then the listener pick after. But this time it worked out so where the highest rated episode is actually the very last episode of the entire series. So we're going to do that one last instead. So our next episode is going to be our listener pick. The next episode recommended by at writer Sean from Twitter is Bitter Work from Season 2, Episode 9. Aang begins to learn earthbending from Toph. Uncle Iroh resumes teaching Zuko firebending to better prepare him for facing Azula and reveals a new technique he learned from watching waterbenders. I didn't remember, just from the, the name of the episode, I didn't remember what it was. But as soon as I started... I remembered, and I'm really glad that Sean picked this one, because this is a good episode. Because there is some really funny stuff, and there's some very serious emotional things all happening at the same time in this. So this episode was what I would say is kind of like the perfect, well-balanced episode of this show to give you a little taste of everything. So great pick. Yeah, definitely. And I agree with you. Even though this is only the this was only the second episode that I actually watched, it still gave a good mixture of things. The essential plot of it is teaching Aang how to use earthbending. Toph is a young girl who is blind, but she essentially sees through the feeling of the earth around her. Right. So she's kind of like Daredevil in yeah, a way. Yeah, <laughs> in, in a sense. For a little girl, she's also a very tough teacher. Oh my gosh. Whereas Katara is a benevolent teacher who uses positive reinforcement, Toph is just like a drill sergeant. Toph is hardcore. (laughs) She takes no pity on Aang as she's trying to teach him, and she gives no quarter. He's either going to do it or he's going to fail. It's very much, there is no try, there is do. (laughs) Yeah, do or do (laughs) do not. not. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? That was actually really interesting, though, because it made a lot of sense when it related to 
the earth as a bending ability right where it's just steadfastness unmoving literally and figuratively so to see that in this character that they even such a a young kind of presumably weak girl has all this power and just drive to her yeah she is hardcore and she also appears in the sequel legend of Korra, and is just as awesome so something to look forward to if anyone hasn't seen it yet it's great one thing about this episode that i absolutely loved is there's a really interesting juxtaposition between ang learning earth bending and also does some water bending and stuff too like katara is also teaching him some more water bending techniques on the other side we have a uh, prince well he's not even really the prince anymore because i think at this point he was pretty much like kind of on the run in a way so prince zuko had a major transformation personality wise he's taking care of his uncle iroh rather than bossing him around and being an overall jerk like we saw him in the first episode so here he's definitely loosened up he's much kinder we also get to see some introspective on iroh because he's dreaming of his dead son the first time we see him in this episode and he awakes and then he's seeing his nephew and it's like you get that feeling that he's doing his best to try to take that love he can't give his son anymore and he's trying to impart it all on zuko yeah it was just a really really cool thing to see and it was a really heavy thing to start this episode out with it makes you appreciate both of those characters even more seeing that yeah like you were saying this is really a big change in zuko's character from the first episode and presumably the first season even though i didn't watch all of that whereas he's an antagonist just through and through on the first episode here he's more of an anti-hero he's leaning towards the side of good versus just being pure dark side so i like this a lot and i I really like the scene where uncle teaches him to use sort of a water bending ability in order to absorb the lightning he refuses to cast it on him because he's like no lightning is dangerous like are you serious i'm not going to shoot lightning at you so he goes on his own into a raging storm and the way he's sitting there trying to be struck by it telling it that it's never held back before and to strike him like that was really strong that was where the emotion really came into this episode oh yeah that was man that was a really intense scene you're seeing all the frustrations that he has come out at once and that he's literally screaming at this storm to hit him with lightning he's like screaming he's crying at the same time like the very end you see tears going down his face as the rain's like pouring against him he's not afraid to because i mean his uncle warned him like this could kill him if he gets struck at lightning and messes up this move he'll die right but and he is obviously not afraid of it you almost get the feeling he almost kind of has a death wish in a way at that point it's almost like he's got nothing left to live for so he wants to become stronger but at what cost really exactly on the other hand while that's going on we we have some really funny moments with ang and toph as ang's trying to learn and some really really funny stuff with like we said Sokka is kind of the the comic relief of this show and he has some (laughs) some of the funniest moments of the entire show in this episode where he he goes hunting and he finds this little cub of it's a oh man what did they name this thing saber-toothed moose lion yeah is what they were called this animal but he i don't think he knew what it was at the time it was just this tiny little creature and he's like i can take this thing down and this is one of my favorite quotes ever he's talking to this cub as he's gonna try to hunt it and you know kill it for food and he says um you're awfully cute but unfortunately for you you're made of meat (laughs) (laughs) so he tries to jump on this thing and he fails and he ends up like falling into the ground 
and it gets trapped. Yeah. So like it's just the, like his the head, whole episode. and his chest, like part of his torso, but his arms are trapped against him, so he can't reach for anything, and he's stuck there, just basically waiting for someone to find him. And at one point, it switches, you know, back to some of the others, and we go back to a scene with him and this little cub again and the cub sleeping on top of his head <laughs> which is just oh man it was just I, so funny i like where the cub brought him an apple and rolled it kind of close to him but not all the way so, so he still couldn't reach <laughs> he still it. couldn't yeah. reach yeah that was good <laughs> because really i mean he was the comic relief of this whole episode because his entire portion of it was him being stuck in the ground and just interacting with that cub so right. <laughs> it was just those two characters, really not even the cub interacting so much because it, it can't speak or really understand what he's saying. It's just there and it's doing its own thing while he's yeah. holding a dialogue with this cub. And he ends up giving it a name, which is Foo Foo Cuddly Poops. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is a great name. Right. So eventually he gets found, but uh, it's after Aang feels like he's failed Toff because he started learning some things, but then he he kind of failed this one test because he was afraid. She shoves this giant boulder at him. He's supposed to stand his ground and just stop it. He gets scared, jumps out of the way. Toph basically rips him a new one, and Aang just kind of is like really just down on himself. He's not feeling confident. I gotta get out of here. And he ends up finding well, he finds Katara who who says that her brother's missing, and then they eventually find him. As this giant saber tooth moose lion shows up to defend her cub, this thing is huge. Oh yeah! So <laughs> Sokka's pretty much uh, unless he can be saved. So and th- yeah, so this is where it really comes in. It's actually a good way to push the plot because Aang comes in, and the only way he's really able to do this is by utilizing his powers, standing his ground against this fearsome beast. I think is how Toph puts it. But this is his way to finally tap into the steadfastness that he needed to learn this earth power. Exactly. He defeats the crazy big beast thing. He has done enough to impress Toph. <laughs> he he decides that, okay, I better get Sokka out of the ground now. And he's going to use the earthbending to do it because now he's feeling more confident. And Toph's immediately like, no, you'll probably kill him. Yeah, so you, she does it I'll, I'll do it. You sh- you'll probably kill him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, it was a great episode. There's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of humor and there's a lot of emotion. I love Uncle Iroh so much. He's one of my favorite characters from this whole thing. One of my favorite things is that he's always drinking tea. And one of those things that as he's explaining this stuff to Zuko, he's drinking tea and stuff like that and talking about how tea calms you. And Zuko's like, oh, so like this is to calm me so I can learn this stuff. And (laughs) Iroh's just like, "Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's that's (laughs) why. Yeah. That's why. (laughs) Yeah, he's good. He's just so relaxed and kind of takes everything in stride. He's so much at ease. He is a great juxtaposition to Zuko's really intense, focused character. It's good. He's like, I can honestly say he is my favorite from this show. So So good and very talented. He is master of firebending. So that's a good time to jump to our next episode, which is going to be the highest rated episode in this case. And coincidentally, also the very last episode of Avatar The Last Airbender, Sozin's Comet Part 4, Avatar Aang, Season 3, Episode 21. So that's a very long way for me to title that, but it is accurate because this is the fourth part in the finality of this show. Aang's moment of truth arrives. Can he defeat Ozai the Phoenix King? Will he be forced to take a human life? All the characters face their greatest challenges. Just to get this out of the way, Ozai is voiced by Mark Hamill, 
which is super awesome. Oh, yeah. And I would have had no idea. Oh, I know. It's just crazy. And did such a good job. Like, that's one thing I do want to point out is that the voice acting in the show is phenomenal. Everyone is really good. And there's a person in particular that I was super impressed with, especially in this episode. But I'll get to that once we get to that part. But to just give you some background, what's happening in this episode is everything has come to a head. It's an all-out war against the Fire Nation. The other nations are kind of banded together. They're battling the fire nation there's literally stuff going on all over the place there's fighting on the ground there's fighting by sea there's fighting in the air the first thing we see and this is kind of impressive we see Toph and Sokka taking down some of these airships from the fire nation and for the first time really like Sokka's got some moves he took some people down I was pretty impressed honestly I mean he was still goofy and screwing some things up but he was able to take some dudes down yeah and this is also at least for me my intro to metal bending which is apparently something that Toph created. Yeah, she developed it herself. I think she's supposed to be the first metal bender. And it makes sense because metal is is part of the earth. But right. yeah, she was just ripping these ships apart with her bare hands. Yeah, it was pretty so awesome. Cool. This was such an intense episode. So much action in it. And it makes sense because it's the end of this war. So it has to come to an end with this large grand battle. And it really did. I forgot just how crazy everything gets at the end of the show because like yeah it's all out war I mean everybody is fighting there's not a single person that isn't right smack dab in the middle of everything going on yeah and I don't know when it was realized that when Aang actually started being taught all of these abilities but Aang is the future avatar he is the current avatar but needs to be trained in the rest of these bending arts and the compilation of all of this will make him the avatar the master of all four and here we see him from the previous episode we see what happened previously where it's showing him being beaten just beaten down completely by Ozai and he's about to be defeated but then the spirits of the previous avatars come out and basically tell him you need to kill Ozai like this is the only way you need to take him out so they infuse him with their abilities which is also all of the abilities of air fire water and earth and this scene is just incredible just watching this actually happen watching this transformation occur where his eyes are glowing white even his arrows glowing white and he is just this giant ball of destruction and that was amazing to look at yeah it was so crazy it's like he's possessed basically yeah he's got fire coming out of his eyes and his mouth he's got it like swirling around him he's got like a tiny little tornado ball going around him he has water coming up rock is breaking up from the ground and surrounding him and all of it's flowing around him and he basically like up until that point Ozai's beating the snot out of him and he just unleashes everything Aang becomes the epitome of like a god's wrath at this point it's honestly scary how intense he gets it's just like you you wouldn't believe that he has it in him to become what he becomes and it's just mind-boggling when it happens it just all this that's infused in him it just made him this unstoppable force and ozai can't even touch him at this point so while the prior three episodes to this finality might have been either evenly matched or it was really just pushing for Ozai, then it just turns into Aang completely overbearing him and becoming this force that Ozai can't even touch. There's nothing he can do. It comes down to will Aang kill Ozai or not? 
So while this is taking place, we see some of the others kind of in their own battles. Like we said, Sokka and Toph were fighting the airships. Sokka, like, he, like, breaks his leg while he's up there or something because he gets injured. They fall from it, but they end up getting saved. Kitara and Zuko... Zuko has been injured by his sister, Azula, and I love Azula just because she is nuts. She's been around since the second season. We didn't get to see her in the episode we watched, but when he was taking care of his uncle in that episode we saw, it was because Azula had just beat the crap out of him, basically, and injured them both. So Azula is powerful enough to take her brother and to injure her uncle, who is a master of firebending. She can use lightning techniques... That was, like, the whole reason for that episode where he's trying to learn all the lightning and stuff like that. To to be able to face off against his sister because she wiped the floor with him. And here we see that Zuko's down. It's Katara is the only person that can face off against her right now. And the way that she does it is wonderful. She wraps Azula in this bubble. Well, first, it's it's ice because she is a master of water at this point. And then she melts the ice around her cuffs azula to where she can't use her bending powers anymore and watching the aftermath of it is awesome where azula is so furious that she's she's crying she's screaming and just breathing fire and that was just so crazy to watch yeah that is one of my favorite moments of the entire show and (laughs) it's funny because like this is the part i was talking about where i was really impressed with the acting the voice acting and stuff here with the woman that played azula because man she brought it you can tell like this lady's just absolutely crazy but you feel for her you can tell like she's just been so brainwashed and mentally just broken and tortured from her own father like you said she's she's screaming and crying at the same time and laughing and fire shooting out of her mouth She's just completely broken and doesn't know, like, her emotions can't even cope with it. She's hitting all these emotions at once. Her own body doesn't even know what to do anymore. The end of this episode, we're not going to tell you what happens at the end. Just that it comes down to, is Aang going to kill Ozai? He's got the opportunity. What's going to happen? We'll leave it at that. You got to watch it. I mean, there's plenty more to it. And it was a great way to end this show. The whole ending's just amazing. If what we've talked about already doesn't entice you to watch this show, then what's wrong with you? Come on, watch this show. It's amazing. It's too good not to watch. You have to watch it. Yeah, the ending wraps it up perfectly. The beginning starts it off perfectly. The ending wraps it up perfectly. It's just a wonderful sandwich of a show. So check it out for real. Well, Chris, I think it's about time we awaken our inner kids from their 30 year slumber to see what they thought of this show. All right. Let me uh, let me pull my inner kid out of my iceberg here. This cartoon is the best, and it's so cool because the Avatar has all these powers, and he can fly, and there's flying bison, and all these ninja moves, like, and I want to live in a world like this one, and I could be the next Avatar because I could totally bend things. I love everything about this cartoon, and I rated it five spoon-bending bowls of cereal out of five. And now, Joseph, it's your turn. Very valid points, Christopher. I appreciate the handoff. As for me, I was incredibly intrigued from the start. Even though we only took in a very small percentage of the 61-episode journey, I found the characters both layered and compelling, the various Chinese martial arts styles blended flawlessly into this animated world, and the overarching journey to be excellent both in concept and execution. My energy was definitely bent by this show in the best possible way, so I have no hesitation giving it five big bowls of cereal out of five, and I highly recommend it. Nice job, little guys. You'll be an avatar yet. Yes, well said, children, as always. 
Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. And next week, we'll be watching... Shin-chan, submitted via Twitter by at BDH Workshop from our friend Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Yes, thank you, Sarah. And once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Definitely reach out and let us know what cartoon you'd like us to cover, along with some of your favorite episodes so we can feature them on our show. You can make a request, see the current request list, or speak with the show host by visiting the Cartoon Boom subreddit. You can also connect with our network by visiting nerdsloth.com or searching for Nerdsloth on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. See you next Saturday. 